Hey folks, this is Abel James, and thanks so much for joining us on another episode of The Fat-Burning Man Show, where we talk about real food and real results. All right, so this episode is a surprise bonus episode where I had a slot in between uh, those batched podcast recordings, and since I've been getting loads of questions from you folks, and we now have semi-reliable internet up here in the mountains, I decided to do a surprise ask me anything live stream and i always love connecting with you guys i've done a few of them so far seems like people really dig them and so i I just wanted to say after i went offline there were a few more great questions that came in i can't believe how many people joined in and so i wanted to make sure that i shared a few of them now but in any case before i i get there i just wanted to make a quick note that wherever you are make sure that you're subscribed to abel james or fat burning man and if you can leave a quick review you know also you might not be aware that that we do have uh, channels on a whole bunch of different platforms like we're putting out Instagram content we've got YouTube we've got Facebook we've got a whole bunch of other ones now uh, especially in uh, in VR so if you have a VR headset make sure to look up Abel James already put out hundreds of 360 videos and virtual tours um so go to abeljames.com as well you can you can check all that out but you know as far as the live streams go you won't really know about them when i go live and you won't be able to ask a question unless you're subscribed so make sure to hit whatever button it is on that platform whatever bell it is or you know (laughs) hit that for April James or fat burning man make sure that you're signed up so that you can ask questions as well because I love interacting with with folks like you so uh, here are some great comments that came in after I went offline this first one's from Brian he says thanks for changing my life I've lost 36 pounds simply by by following the recipes in your books I recently got off of my blood pressure meds eating real food rocks you rock Brian thank you so much for listening and I mean 36 pounds that's a legit amount of weight you know I I remember losing about that amount when I went for my trough in health back to uh, trying to get back to my ideal body composition and I mean like losing over 30 pounds you can really feel that so enjoy here's another comment that came in from Sarah who joined us in the live stream she says thanks for doing these live streams these are fantastic I love geeking out on health and nutrition you were the first to open my eyes to the fact that our bodies are amazing machines food is medicine and movement is the answer to longevity that's right bingo Sarah that is totally cool I love that you're listening and getting those messages uh, from the shows that we're putting out there because uh, I don't think we we really appreciate it often enough I s- certainly don't all of the things that are working in our bodies all the time whether you're carrying a little bit of extra weight or, or struggling with, with some malfunction or not think about all the things that are going well in your body and around your body right now it's it's truly incredible but if we honor that our bodies are ecosystems are amazing machines that adapt to our lifestyle and our environment then by doing certain things doing the things that that hopefully you know are right and your gut intuition and your heart tells you are right and healthy for you by doing that over the long haul you're going to have a long and healthy life and then die quickly and easily hopefully at a very old age 
Okay, so uh, here's another one that came in from Don. Can I eat too much spinach? I eat it every day. Yes, you can definitely eat too much spinach. Don, you listen to this show. Try to sub it out for another green leafy veg if you can, or even something else. You know, it's, it's one of the most important things to do as a part of, of your eating strategy and just daily practices is cycling certain foods in and out. You know, eating in season inherently does that. It's harder and harder to do that now. Um, but keep in mind that our bodies are not really adapted or not well adapted to eat the same thing over and over again. And even in foods that are otherwise, you know, pretty good like spinach, they can be very high in oxalate and other you know compounds that can kind of build up in the body potentially causing harm down the road or at least discomfort kidney stones and having suffered from those in the past myself that's something i don't want to mess with so make sure you're cycling all of the foods that you're eating even the ones that are otherwise healthy okay sarah followed up and said thank you is full fat coconut milk a good alternative as well i found a great source that has water and coconuts, no added junk. And yes, unsweetened canned coconut or the stuff in the carton, uh, as long as it doesn't have a bunch of added junk in there, is a great option for adding to coffee. Basically, the higher fat, the better. And, and I should say, there are benefits from taking a break from dairy as well. And my wife, Allison, does that much more than I do. I probably don't do it enough, but I think I will be doing it more. I, I just, you know, my, I come from, on my dad's side, a family of dairy farmers. I love me some pasture-raised heavy cream and, and, and a lot of other cheese, of course. But cycling that out is really helpful in so many different ways that I'm not going to get into right now. Here's another quick question that came in from Gabriel. What's your favorite underappreciated novel? And I just truly love this question. So if you have questions like that and you're out there, please uh, feel free to ask. But I was recently gifted by one of our team members, actually. Thank you, Melinda. Breakfast with Buddha and really enjoyed reading through it. In fact, I enjoyed it so much that I ordered the whole trilogy and I'm almost finished with it now. So uh, Breakfast with Buddha. Great one. To support us, be sure to check out wildsuperfoods.com. Check out our shop and digital courses over at fatburningman.com and then of course just following and subscribing and leaving reviews wherever you are as many places as you can really totally helps so much more than you know and i appreciate hearing from you okay so let's head in and listen to this live stream and you'll learn about uh, some of the simple snacks that you can put together ahead of time if you're going to be on the road or for families performers specifically ups drivers and other people who are on the go You'll learn some of the benefits of drinking a green smoothie and what happened when one fermented in the front seat of our car for a few days. Uh, what I really think of Cliff Bars and other bars that are marketed to athletes and outdoorsy types and tons more. All right, let's get this thing started. I hope you enjoy. All right, let's get to that question from Scott. Just looking for more snack ideas. I'm a driver for UPS, so always on the go. Right on, Scott. You help us out. We get so much stuff from UPS. And uh, in fact, I just wrote a little poem about you. Stay tuned for that. Okay, he says, uh, snack ideas, that's a pretty easy one. Because, you know, after doing this for a while, and, and Allison and I have been doing this for eight or so years, uh, you, you get this long list of different foods to choose from. And so, Let's just kind of go in the order of how I like to actually break my fast, which is usually later in the day, but this kind of works for snacks too. 
So there's always bone broth and soup. That's something that obviously you'd want to prepare ahead of time. But a lot of times when we're on the road, we're going out for a hike or something like that, and it's cold out. It's really nice to bring a thermos full of broth or soup of some kind. Make sure that it's obviously high quality. If you make broth from low quality industrial feedlot bones, then you're going to be leaching out all the nonsense that was in that sick animal, unfortunately. So you don't want to be uh, taking that into your body. Make sure that it's high quality stuff. We usually make homemade broth from some of our scraps, or we'll even get bones specifically for broth, sometimes chicken legs. Uh, we like Kettle and Fire, and there are a few other brands of broth that are kind of popping up in the natural health stores that aren't so bad at all. We've uh, it taste wise anyway, and yes, they're organic and they're, they appear to be high quality. Obviously, if you don't go to the farm or, or what have you or meet the animals, uh, there's only so much you can know about some of these brands. So do your best. But broth, a good high quality bone broth, high in collagen, high in lots of various minerals and nutrients that most of us are missing. So it's a nice way to spackle the gaps in your nutrition and also fill up on something that's pretty wholesome and hearty. Speaking of wholesome and hearty, it's hard to do better than a green smoothie. So if you make one at home, make sure that it's basically like the good parts of a salad. And I mean, good for you, nutrient dense, mostly green, dark, leafy veggies, but also some uh, colorful fruits you can add in there too. Blueberries, strawberries, frozen berries that were flash frozen at peak ripeness can be a great way to get some added nutrients in there. But don't overdo it on the fruit. And I can't overemphasize this enough, especially when it comes to smoothies and juices. People go crazy. You know, if, if you buy one of these pre-bought or, or pre-made rather smoothies in some of the stores and, and juices, especially, I mean, even brands that we like that make green juices, just certain flavors of them, usually it'll be like one out of 10 of the flavors that we would even consume because all of the other ones are 10, 20, 30, 50, even 90 grams of sugar per serving or or certainly per bottle. And uh, so anyway, if you're really on the run, some good natural food stores at this point carry pretty good options for green juices. If you're not into making smoothies, the juices will last a little bit longer. You can keep them uh, cool in a cooler like we do sometimes, or you can, um, they'll probably last for the day or if you're going out in the car or uh on a hike, you don't really need to worry about refrigerating some of these, but make sure that it's lower than hopefully 10, five grams of sugar in that green juice or green smoothie. And if you're making it at home, once again, just emphasize the things that you know are good for you. The dark leafy greens that are high in nutrients. Also, don't forget that you can put some cool stuff into smoothies without it necessarily detracting from the flavor. Not that green smoothies are the best tasting thing Ever, let's be honest. But, um, you know, one thing that we like to do here at home is uh, we use Future Greens, which is our own product that we've put out there to help support the show and pay the bills. But it's also something we take ourselves, which is basically a combination of all sorts of green and, and fruity goodies, the good parts without the sugar. And it also has a bit of sweetness from Stevia that's in there that can give smoothies a little bit of a better flavor. So if they're like kind of smoothie boosters that are out there that you know that you like, whether it's a clean protein of some kind or maybe some extra fruits and, and veggies to add to the mix, throw that in there, carry that around with you. As always, like the number one win is just to plan ahead, you know? Raw veggies, 
really easy. Allison and I will do this all the time. You know, you can carry around and we'll, we'll take it on hikes. We'll just throw them in our pack or whatever. But raw veggies like uh, like carrots, sometimes we'll take cukes, celery, green apples, some fruits will will travel well, but a lot of them don't really. So the only ones that we really go for, especially when we're out on a road trip or a hike, are going to be those in-season apples. And get them as, as fresh as you can. You know, uh, even the organic ones, believe it or not, can be 6 to 12 months old by the time you get them from a traditional grocery store. So go high quality with the, with the fruits and veg if you can too. Okay, here's another just if, if you dig avocados, this one is so easy because it can really feed two people in one sitting. It, it's a, a very energy-dense food, avocado, and it's nutrient-dense. It's got quite a bit of just flavor to it and oomph to it that fills you up even by itself in a really surprising way. So what I like to do, I don't have one right here. But I've got something called a little spice missile, which allows you to bring like, um, it's a tiny little multiple canister thing with like six canisters in it that allows you to put salt and pepper in the top or whatever spices you want. And so I'll put, like I just said, usually a bit of sea salt. Well, okay, so we'll take the avocado, cut it in half with whatever implement we have available, which is sometimes a challenge. And, uh, you know, unscrew it. Then you've got two halves, take the pit out and sprinkle it with salt, maybe a bit of pepper. And in that little canister thing, I also have onion powder, uh, garlic powder. Sometimes I'll put some of those on as well. And then just with a spoon or even with your fingers, let's be serious here. You can just dig straight into that half an avocado or, you know, if you're in the mood for a whole avocado, go right into that too. And it's amazing how many hours of fullness you'll get out of that. It's not like you're going to totally fill up and your belly's going to be all full, but just the uh, the richness of avocado can really go a long way. So that's another good option. Then here at home, Allison is really great about making gorp or a trail mix with our own favorite, usually varied nuts, dried berries, maybe a bit of coconut and whatever else we want to throw in there. So uh, raw, soaked, sprouted, roasted nuts are a really reliable snack. And once again, kind of like avocado, they've got a ton of density when it comes to energy. So you don't need to pound a whole, you know, bunch of nuts, you don't need to have like 500 calories, a 1000 calories, or just like multiple handfuls, hopefully, and and you know, if they're salted, sometimes it is easy to abuse them and overeat them. So be careful with that. But another thing I'd like to mention about nuts and seeds, and I was just talking to Dr. Gundry, who's going to be coming up on the on the podcast about all of this is the lectins that are in cashews and peanuts specifically legumes not technically nuts and <laughs> you know Allison and I are not anti peanut and anti cashew all the time you know I, I think it's it's very cruel that things like peanuts and cashews are so humans but pretty much to every animal out there uh, as evidenced by some of the animals in the Rocky Mountains that definitely like peanuts in our dog. But suffice it to say, there's a lot of evidence that says that peanuts uh, are not a good thing for us to eat, certainly not on a daily basis. And so uh, we do periods of taking a break from pretty much all foods. And right now we're taking a break from peanuts and, and cashews. And it might be a very extended one because especially as the years go by, various things can crop up and you notice uh, that you could be feeling better than you are. So I think it's really important to 
Uh, you take a just look every few weeks at what you're eating and be like, is this particular food, whether I like it or not, still serving me? And uh, you know, you want to be running clean. And so, if you're not at peak performance, then it's especially important to take a look at what you're eating because there's no doubt about it especially what you're not eating directly plays into how you feel. And, and I notice how I didn't say what you're eating because it's not even as much about that. If you eat clean foods that work for you, according to any plan that really works for you, that's going to be a lot of the battle. But what you're not eating, you know, what this world presents us with, just going out there in an airport or in a restaurant is, you know, 80, 90% food that is going to, or, or Franken foods that are going to uh, make you sick or make you ill in some way or, or, you know, disturb your body. These are all completely novel foods that our bodies are not well adapted to consume and, and certainly thrive off of. So uh, I think all of us could be a bit better about well, maybe not all of us, but a lot of us could be a bit better about being honest with ourselves and, and looking at not just the ingredients that you're consuming on a day to day basis, but also, you know, that little protein bar that you like or protein shake or that that little snack or that ice cream or that dessert, you know, the the 20% or the 10% where you're coloring outside of the lines using it as your cheat day. What's in that stuff? And how do you feel honestly, you know, an hour or two or the next day after you eat some of that stuff? If you have a um, a free day or a cheat day and just you just go nuts and eat whatever you want, how do you actually feel? The more that you can link this stuff up in your mind, the more you'll be better able to know what snacks to carry around for you. But so much of that is just um, being well prepared, like I said, and then not being caught trying to eat out at some corner store because you're out driving all day or uh, you're out going about your business and you're famished and you know you need something right now and you only have low quality options. Watch out for that. A few more snack options we got here. Salads are always great to pack ahead and they keep as long as you know you keep the dressing separate and you don't throw squishy tomatoes or other things like that in there, you'll learn avocado also. Don't put it in there. If you make a, a, a pre-make a salad in the morning, there are ways to make sure that it's still good by the time you eat it in the by midday or in the afternoon. So salads can be a good one. Coconut in almost all of its various forms can be uh, another high energy snack that burns pretty clean. One that we like to hike with or go out with is uh, coconut oil, coconut manna in these little packets, you know, just tiny one serving. I think they're about 200 calories, somewhere around there. And so I'll just throw that in my pack and bring it pretty much everywhere. And it's a really interesting thing that can happen where you go from being like, ah, I feel so low on energy right now. I'm just kind of dragging and I know I need some sort of food. And that's a real feeling as, as big of a faster as I am. That's a real feeling. And it totally happens. Sometimes you just need something. There's nothing better than reaching into your pack and grabbing something that's a quick snack. That's, you know, one, 200 calories of like I was saying, it can be so satisfying. Coconut manna is delicious. It's kind of like the meat of the coconut that's been that's been dried out, but it's got a subtle sweetness without too much sugar. It's got plenty of fat, even a little bit of fiber there. Coconut oil can be a good one. You know, the other fats like dairy fats can definitely be filling, having cheese around, yogurts, but be careful for it. it 
because it's not necessarily a slimming food for sure. So it's, and I do consume dairy. I take breaks from it from time to time, not, not as often as I probably should, but, uh, when it comes to uh, cheese, really easy to abuse that one. I, I've seen a lot of people, unfortunately, overeat cheese and have it be one of those foods where they have a little bit of it and then they just can't stop. So be careful if that's one of yours. But at the same time, nothing beats just a little, especially when you really need it and you've been out all day and you're a little low on energy. But like I was saying, just 100, 200 calories, just, just a, a small snack. Try to see if... if these hunger pangs, especially if they come in the afternoon, if you can hold over until, you know, a few hours after that, just with that small snack you have, because there there might be a tendency if uh, you just have that one little, you know, beef jerky stick or one little apple or something like that to just keep mowing through. And it's like, oh, I'm in eating mode now. But uh, you'd be surprised, especially, and I'm not sure exactly why, but if it's, uh, if you've expended a lot of energy that day, you're in the afternoon and you're kind of caught in, in that lag, that lethargic feeling. You have that just like quick boost of that one little snack. You stop and you're like, oh, I'm kind of full now. I've got a nice little refreshment and boost of energy. Also, remember to stay hydrated. A lot of people become dehydrated by the afternoon. That's one of the reasons they're dragging. But anyway, you get that little snack in and it holds you over until dinner and then you can kind of have your dinner time feast. That's how I like to do it. You'd be surprised by how much these snacks can help. Here's another one that I really like. There's there's some uh, really decent and a bunch of different kinds these days, kinds of, of jerky that you can get made from healthy animals, raised on pasture, eating the diet that nature intended. And uh, so I was uh, out for a hike in the Rockies with my wife, Allison, and my brother, Mark, just uh, a couple of weeks ago now. And we'd been hiking most of the day. And uh, it was one of those moments where we were just kind of like, all right, we've been trudging along all day and the sun's starting to get down. I, I think we're getting a little nibbly. And I, it just so happened that I packed these like uh, beef jerky sticks, almost like a healthy version of a or a less unhealthy version of a Slim Jim. And I packed three of them. So I passed them out. And we each just had that and, it's, you know, not giant ones, they're just small, um, maybe six inches of Slim Jim. <laughs> so it, it, it's not actually that much food. But we all kind of just like really enjoyed eating it together, especially out there in nature. And we all remarked just a few minutes after that about like how satisfying that was. Then we had this whole conversation about how little food we all actually need. And if you think about it, you know, we live in and we were hiking in a place where the Ute Native Americans lived. And there's there's still a lot of evidence of um, of the trees that they used uh, and, and turned into arbor glyphs, the rock shelters, um, evidence of all sorts of various things. And I just thought of, you know, it, it's so... The world that we live in does feel normal now, but it is so entirely unprecedented for our, our bodies on the genetic level, for our bodies just kind of like you take consciousness out of the equation, you consider that almost all the foods that we're eating, almost everything that we're seeing, whether it's shapes or materials, smells, off-gassing, pollution, all this stuff is completely new and uh you know, it bugs me when when science says that it knows everything, because uh, it clearly doesn't, and and no one can. There are a lot of moving parts, but uh, we'd all be surprised by how how simple our needs can become, 
you know, how little food we can get by on. And, and if we just had access to maybe the generation before our, our great grandparents and some of those generations, we'd start to realize that uh, just how out of whack our norms are now with what, how many times a day we're eating with all the snacking that we're doing. But anyway, so that was the only thing that any of us had, had eaten that day, that little beef jerk, grass fed beef jerky stick that, eat, that each of us had there when we were out hiking. And uh, it held us over until dinner. We're, we're all happy, feeling good. And that's how I like to do it. So when you start snacking, snack a little bit. Don't just like mow into whatever it is. If there's any opportunity for eating in intentionally, it's when you first start eating that day, when you first break your fast. So choose that first food carefully. All right, I'm going to rattle off a few other uh, snacks because Allison helped me prepare this ahead of time because we get this question a lot, people asking about snacks. And, and we're not anti-snacking necessarily. You want to eat before you're famished for sure. You don't want to get into that stress eating and crazed hunger when you're hypoglycemic and you've waited too long. So you always want to prepare ahead of time and make sure that you have plenty of good stuff that hopefully you like that you know fills you up. So some things that I like that not everyone does and definitely an, an acquired taste, but smoked oysters that actually come in uh, in little cans, kind of like sardines, uh, also canned salmon. So canned seafood uh, is something, yeah, my wife and I, we joke, it's like eating kitty food. It's like, who opened the cat food? Yes, it smells weird. I wouldn't do it on an airplane necessarily. Um, but kind of like flash frozen fruits and veggies. When you um, preserve a food at its peak freshness, you can enjoy that nutrition down the road in a really convenient way. And so I think canned sardines, the high quality ones, uh, oysters, salmon, uh, not necessarily tuna because of the heavy metals in there. But if, if you're going for high quality snacks like that, man, that that fills me up every time. Salmon caviar is another really great one um, that we've we've been getting recently. And it doesn't, you know, I've had caviar in the past that's outrageously expensive and that's how it's usually presented but it doesn't have to be we've found some clean sources that have especially salmon caviar that really isn't too bad price wise and is something that i just can't imagine would really be bad for us considering evolution how much uh, bears love salmon and just all of the omega-3 goodness and other things that's kind of an you know when you think about eating an egg uh or you think about eating an oyster. It's a good example of trying to get to nutrient dense foods because it's it's kind of a whole food. We don't usually eat whole animals nose to tail, but it's not too difficult to if you're eating things like oysters. So uh, going for some of that seafood, if you can handle seafood, is a really great option. Not too expensive, even the best quality stuff, and so easy to carry around with with you. Uh, hard boiled eggs, another great one. Sometimes uh, for road trips, Allison will make some deviled eggs, which are maybe a little bit messy, but such a treat when you're on the road and not too difficult to eat, even if you're driving, especially if you have someone else shoving them in your mouth. Guacamole with carrot sticks or making little like avocado boats. If you know what that is, kind of like making a, a, a wrap or a taco shell using some sort of lettuce or green and then filling the insides with uh, avocado, great one. But keep in mind, avocado is, is super tricky. You kind of have to eat it fresh or, or really quickly after you make it. Otherwise, it goes brown, gets kind of nasty. 
So you'll learn the little ins and outs of all these foods with experience for sure. But they all have their little surprises, including green smoothies, which can ferment under the front seat of cars we've learned and actually not turn out too bad even days later. But I wouldn't recommend that on a live stream podcast or anything like that necessarily. Uh, so let's just roll right through this. Uh, seaweed snacks are another really great one. Uh, Allison made some up. Actually, yeah, let's see. We got onion in there. Put some of that salmon, salmon caviar in the middle. And I think a couple of other kind of spicy little things and made our own sushi the other night. It was so good, so easy, not terribly expensive. And I don't even think we got worms. Some other ones, homemade protein snacks are one that we really like to take on the road. Uh, we call it power cookies. And I don't have the recipe right in front of me, but basically there are um, so many different ways of doing it. But the idea is you're kind of getting something that will fill you up and feel like a treat at the same time. So a little bit more than chocolate, you want you want some more protein in there and sometimes some added nutrients as well. And so power cookies, let's see, we can probably link to the, the recipe there, but we have some surprises. I don't want to spoil it right now, but we have some surprises coming out with wild superfoods and it will be easier to source the ingredients for making power cookies. I can tell you that. <laughs> but anyway, you want a high quality protein in there, uh, maybe some nut butters of various kinds, and we'll put nuts in there as well, and yada, yada, yada. You can have fun with it. Basically, try to make your version of healthy-feeling cookies. It's not as hard as it sounds, and maybe kids won't like them right away, but you can tinker with them. You can see what everyone likes, and, and there are ways to trick the people around you into eating healthier than they otherwise would, especially with things like power cookies. Um, and I, I already kind of mentioned this, but um, cheese is a nice snack. And, and one way to avoid overeating it is uh, there are even some uh, or, organic string cheeses and other various kind of pre-wrapped cheeses that are in pre-packaged pre -packaged containers. And aside from the, the plastic, which is not a great thing, it does make it convenient to carry around with you. So sometimes Allison will make uh, a little like lunch bag for us to take in the truck uh, or to take wherever we're going, throw some like string cheese in there, an avocado, green apple, carrots, some sometimes we'll we'll slice up a little bit of cheddar cheese with some crackers. And there are a lot of bad crackers out there, only a few good ones. So look carefully. We have other resource resources on that. I'm not going to get into crackers right now, but various snacks, just like throw your favorite ones into a tiny little bag. You'll be amazed by how much just a few minutes of preparation will pay off down the road because uh, I I've said it before, but I stand by this. One of the best foods I've ever tasted in my entire life was uh, when I was in college leading an, an outdoors trip camping uh, in New Hampshire. And we were <laughs> We were around the fire. I don't think I'd really eaten anything all day. And we were eating dehydrated bean burritos with a little bit of Cabot cheese that my friend Jeff had been carrying around in his pack, which just saved the day. I mean, like when you've really expanded yourself, when you've gone on an adventure, whether it's a, a really fun one or a work related one, man, having the right food at the right time will save your life. So I know I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. Preparation. That's what it's all about. Be ready for your next adventure and for your next work bender. You know what I mean? All right, Steve says, 
What is your opinion on Cliff Bars? Is it okay to eat them or should I stay away? Steve, thank you so much for that question because it's one of those examples of just like a product that is marketed to athletic, outdoorsy people. And it's kind of got this, it's got oats in it and it's got this, this other natural stuff in it. So it's got to be good for you, right? Just like, what was it? Power bars. I remember that when I was like uh, competing in, in cross country biking and running way back in the day and thinking it's so good for me because it's formulated for athletes and all this stuff. But anyway, let's just take a good look at the ingredients because Cliff Bars are certainly not on their own. They're, I mean, it doesn't matter what the brand name is. There are so many different kinds of these types of bars. Very few of them are good for you. Very few of them will even fill you up. But uh, let's go right into it. So looks like most of this stuff is organic. That's good. Yeah. But you're starting with organic brown rice syrup. Then you got rolled oats, soy protein isolate, organic cane syrup, roasted soybeans, rice flour, cane sugar, chocolate, cocoa, soy flour, sunflower oil, oat fiber, alkalized cocoa, natural flavors, barley malt extract, soy lecithin. Okay, so you've got just in this one little bar, and I don't know how much, uh, you know, I don't have its macronutrients right here, but it doesn't totally matter because I can, I can kind of just like put it together in my head and it's not very good. You're starting off with syrup. So pure sugar, it's going to make you hungrier than you otherwise were. Oats can be good or bad. Not so great when you look at uh, lectins. They're definitely a grain. They're used to fatten pretty much everything they're fed to if it's an animal. And a similar thing happens for humans. Now, that said, we do use oats in some of our recipes. Uh, sometimes we do uh, eat it ourselves, but not always. It's something that you want to cycle in and out of there. So, okay, oats, no big deal. But so soy protein isolate, interestingly, it doesn't say organic soy protein isolate on there. Whereas like a lot of these other things are organic ingredients. Soy is one of those very common, almost all the time GMOs. And not only is it genetically modified, but also it's soy, which we're not very well adapted to consume. Again, lectins and anti-nutrients. It can for men be problematic. It can uh, be be problematic for people with thyroid issues. Like uh, we have a family history of that. Uh, so okay, so now you've got roasted soybeans to add on top of that rice flour. So these are pretty much sugar, pretty much all carbs. And like a carb based snack, well, it might be kind of satisfying in a sweet, um, or, yeah, in a sweet kind of way. This is a Snickers bar, you know. Um, except it probably tastes a lot worse. I remember having, I, I used to eat Cliff Bars before I really knew what I was doing. And who knows, maybe they used to have better ingredients than these. But I see GMOs, I see a whole bunch of sugar. I see oats, which are just a carb on top of that. And how could you, that's like their best ingredient here. You've got, as far as allergens go, you've got wheat, soy, uh, what else? A few other things here that are just not good. Oh, yeah, a whole bunch of synthetic vitamins, it looks like, that they added in there to make it appear healthy, kind of like cereal. But when you look at this, this is a candy bar, as are a lot of the kind of like protein, I'm outdoorsy or I'm athletic bars that are out there. They're all just candy bars that are trying to make you feel better about eating it and, and trying to, you know, like when I was a kid, we would eat smart food, 
the the terrible popcorn because we thought it was smart and good for you. And and so food marketers often take advantage of not just those words, but also that that entire aesthetic, that whole like feel of I'm cool because I eat cliff bars and I'm a climber type thing. You know what I mean? So be careful of that. Like try what I like to do, especially the artist in me likes to look at some of these products and be like, what archetype is there? like main demographic, who are they aiming at here? And so for the foods like like Cliff Bars, it's funny because they're trying to aim at me, but it's almost like a le- a, a version that is, well, the, the 10 or 15 year old version of me that doesn't know anything about this, that wants to be the cool climber hiker who's healthy and outdoorsy and stuff. But this product is not a way of doing that. And a lot of the products that are marketed that way are not the way of doing that. The the people who are out there hiking all day are usually not, you know, eating six to eight times a day, all these different snacks and all these huge meals. In fact, uh, you know, when we're out camping and hiking, that's kind of how I got used to fasting for the first time. Because like when you're really using your body and you're out there and life has simplified, you don't think about food all the time. You don't need it all the time. Not in the way that that most people in the Western world uh, seem to today. Here's one from Melinda. Okay, she says, Hey, Abel, I'm new to your program and loving it. I was losing weight fairly steadily. Then I weighed myself this morning and shot up a few pounds. I didn't change anything. And I'm wondering if this is normal. How long does it take to be fully fat adapted? All right, that's kind of a separate question. Let's start with the first one here. So, um, you know, I have a scale here too. And sometimes when I step on it, it shoots up a few pounds. And I've, I've talked about it on the, the podcast and in my blog before. But on any given day, I can, especially if I'm running a lot or becoming dehydrated, I can gain or lose more than five pounds, sometimes even more than that. And it's not a big deal, okay? It's it's just not. Now, if if you're looking weekly or monthly and the pounds... Are, are creeping up. That's not necessarily a good thing, right? But that's kind of a different issue. And I think what you're asking here is, 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 did I do something wrong? Is that why I'm a little heavier right now? The truth is, it could have been you just went out to a restaurant or you went to a friend's house, your dinner was a little bit more salty than normal, and now you're retaining water. Or uh, you ate a little bit more carbs than normal. And so now in your liver and and muscle glycogen, you're carrying a few extra carbs and a little bit more water weight with that too. Or, you know, the monthly cycle is such that sometimes uh, you weigh a little bit more, sometimes you weigh a little bit less. And that's true uh, for women, certainly, but even true for men as well. We all have various cycles and it's important to honor those and not beat yourself up too much when you're on either end of that. Because, you know, for me, even I'll use that as an example. So when (laughs) Allison and I moved here to the mountains in Colorado, we were coming from Texas. We were pretty much coming from sea level and we're at 8,000 feet now. And so anyone who's ever been at at altitude, especially as an athlete, knows that you can't ignore that. It's a big deal having 20 or 30 percent less oxygen. And so when you work out a lot and you're carrying a bunch of muscle or you're running a bunch, you get a lot hungrier. You have to eat a lot more. And so as Allison and I were settling into the mountains, I was, uh, let's see, I think in Austin, I was somewhere in the 170s. And then I went down to like 160, I think it was. 
Um, and I can double check because I have one of those scales that keeps track. And that's not a bad idea to, to look at your trends, to see how it's going up, how it's going down. But like a barren winter, you know, I was just reading about bears yesterday and going into hibernation, a pregnant mother bear will uh, not eat or drink or urinate for five months, um, basically bring a whole uh, uh, cub to term and then be uh, much skinnier, right? When, when she's ready to come out and meet the spring, but her body has adapted and she doesn't worry about being too fat, obviously, for something like that. It's a miracle that all of that just happens. And so suffice it to say, if, if you're uh, a human animal eating seasonally like you should be, your body is going to be going through various cycles too. If you're following your natural hunger cues, you're going to be going up and down. So anyway, I was down to like maybe it was 155, 160. Now I'm 180 and uh, I've put on a whole bunch of... Of, of muscle. I'm kind of doing various body experiments and trying different things. I've put on a little bit more fat than I would have liked to at the same time, but that's another experiment. And, you know, for all of us, we're always going to be a moving experiment, right? And um, our bodies will always want different things. Like when I was down, I'm a little too skinny, I find when I'm, um, you know, at my marathon running weight, I was like 148, my skinniest, which is just like, ah, that's crazy to even think about. And, uh, and I did kind of have a hollowed out face looking back at, back at fixtures. But um, I like my weight somewhere between 160 and 180. And, you know, I've been at 180 before, but in vastly different circumstances when I had much, much more fat, when my face was uh, was rounder and my belly was bigger and I wasn't carrying the muscles and the shape that I wanted. And that was just really because of these lifestyle factors, almost all of them dietary. And so uh, anyway, following your natural cues, your cravings, it felt good when we were first acclimating um, to the altitude, it felt good to be kind of skinny, because I wasn't working out as much because I, <laughs> I didn't feel like it. Some of the side effects of, of acclimating to this altitude are such that you lose your natural sense of hunger, you might feel a little bit nauseous. And and you can't perform like you can't do the same running event, certainly not at the same speed, certainly not on these mountains and, and grades, um, as you would at sea level, you can't like it took me almost a full year to get back my my strength in terms of lifting weights here at altitude. But now it feels really good to be kind of where I'm at, at, at you know, it's springtime, I feel strong, I'm going out and running. And I feel like I've been kind of cooped up all winter in the ice and snow. And I've been able to use winter as a time to heal and learn, and kind of get ready for these other adventures. Because a year and a half ago, I couldn't go on the run that I that I went on yesterday, where I just went out for five or six miles through the mountains, um, doing some really intense hill work at altitude is no joke. But anyway, if you're following the natural cues, your hunger will adjust your natural just I, I guess like, it's a lot more difficult to say, I'm going to go run a marathon, or I'm going to go like power lift all day, than wanting to do that and then following through. And I, I want to make that distinction kind of clear because it was relatively straightforward 
to be at that lower weight and probably a little bit lower body fat about a year ago when I was working out way less than now. It was it was easier to be in that state because that's what it felt like was natural for me, right? And so for some people, it feels really natural to be skinny. For some people, it feels really natural to be a little bit on the bigger side. And there's nothing wrong with that. We're all totally different. And that will change with, with each year, with each season, with each decade. It's always a moving target. So anyway, getting back to your question there, Melinda, it's, it's not about the weight, obviously. It's much more about your body composition and how you're feeling. And don't forget that, that the appearance of your body, especially in this age of Instagram, what your body looks like and your actual health are completely different things. Your athletic performance and your health completely different. All the filters and all of the the fake nonsense that's added to stuff that's on the internet now, it's nonsense and it's all messing with our heads. But um, your perfect weight, your perfect body composition will change over time. And that doesn't mean that it's going up. It means probably that it's going up and it's going down. It's going up and it's going down. And you have to adjust what you're doing um, the whole time. And it's important to realize that you're never done doing this work, you know, similar to, to music. If uh, I've been playing guitar and singing almost my whole life and playing other various instruments. And I know that if I don't uh, keep them up, if I don't play them pretty much every day, I'm going to get worse and I'll have to get back in shape on that instrument over the course of the next few weeks and months ahead to get back to even where I was. And that's what, what health is like too. It's like, I'll, I'll go into another question here because it's kind of related where um, people ask me, they're like, you say that, that health is, is pretty much 80, not, and even your body composition is 80 to 90% uh, nutrition related, diet related, not necessarily um, related to your exercise. So I had a really interesting question come in earlier today where someone was basically what it looked like happened was someone was doing high intensity exercise for a while, CrossFit style workouts, eating clean, everything's working. And then for the winter time, they stopped the high intensity workouts and then just did like less intense stuff and then pretty much kept eating the same way and then gained fat and wondered what happened and and if the 80% or 90% of the nutrition matters as much as, well, maybe I need to just get back in the gym and start exercising a bunch more. And I would say it's, it's not so much time-related. None of this stuff is linear. You've got to see your body as something that's adapting to the behavior that you're choosing and the environment around it. So like I don't exercise all the time, but I exercise a little bit pretty much every day. Um, and certain days, like once a week, I think this is a good way to to simplify it to some degree. I have Monster Lift Monday, where on Monday, I build strength, right? I do the heavier lifts. I don't care if they're fast. I don't really care about a lot of various things. My My focus is strength. I'm not going on a run usually on Mondays. Now, if the weather... You know, it doesn't cooperate with my plan. Sometimes I'll swap days, but that's pretty much the only exception. Um, so I do a fun run about once a week, and that could be a fun hike, but basically just get out 
in uh, in nature, hopefully get outside. There's a lot of information that comes from your environment, like I, like I was saying, just from the pine trees that can actually reduce stress. There's, there's so much science coming out on it now. It is exciting to see the things that we already know are obvious, like go outside, it's going to help you out. But anyway, work on strength once a week. I work on endurance once a week. I work on those fine dexterity skills pretty much every morning when I play piano. And then some of the other exercises are more body weight balance related. So pretty much every day I'm doing Qigong exercises or it's like light yoga, moving meditation. I make sure that I can do like uh, 15 or so pull-ups. I have a pull-up bar just right over there. And I'll do that, maybe just do 15 a few times a week to, to maintain, you know, it's not about doing 15 pull-ups. It's about being able to maintain the athleticism that's required to do that. Does that make sense? It's having the balance in your body uh, and the symmetry of muscles and and the absence of injury enough to be able to do push-ups, kind of have this baseline fitness, right? Where you're able to do some number of push-ups, some number of pull-ups. And the number is going to be different for everybody. That doesn't even really matter. Um, deadlifts, squats, some number of reps at a certain weight, and you can play with that. Uh, and I always do. And I mean, the fun run isn't just for endurance. It's also there's, uh, according to our family's DNA that we've looked into on 23andMe and Genetic Genie and, and some of these other services, I don't detox very well, and neither does uh, a lot of my family. And so <laughs> it was really interesting when I visited my folks um, in Florida, let's see, back in yeah February. And I had recently here in Colorado been bitten by a black widow spider. And I've been bitten by uh, brown widows before, and it's really terrible. But this black widow did something that was super, it was terrible also, but it was really annoying. It was on my right leg, and uh, <laughs> and the bite mark stayed there for over a month. But anyway, my leg was twitching. You know how like when your eyelid twitches or a piece of just one random muscle somewhere twitches and doesn't stop? It went on for over a month of nonstop twitching. In the middle of the night, in the morning, it would wake me up. I couldn't go to bed at night. It was just such a disaster. And uh, so it was wintertime here, right? And it's like icy and snowy. We've got these grades in the mountains. So um, went to Florida. It's, it's beautiful there. It's sunny. And so I just couldn't wait to go for a run. And for the first time in over a month after that five mile or so run, when I'm sweating it out in the sun, my leg stopped twitching. And I was like, wow. Because I, I always kind of thought, you know, going out and running, one of the reasons I like it is because I feel crummy beforehand. I feel pretty good afterwards, but it's not just the endorphins. It's help. It's helping to uh, circulate the lymph. You're getting a lot of blood flow to your brain, other parts of your body. Uh, it's, it's cycling hormones in and out. It's helping you detox, though. And for someone like me, and for probably a lot of people who are watching or listening, we live in such a polluted world. Uh, sometimes we get bitten by black widow spiders and you need to detox. Anyway, the next morning, the intermittent twitching came back from that stupid bite. And uh, this has happened to me before. Spiders and I, I don't know what the beef is, but we don't always get along. If I get spider bites, it's pretty bad. And uh, so anyway, that came back a little bit. I went on another run and then it stopped again for days this time. And then it took like three or four, about five mile runs over the course of those next few weeks for it to go away for good. And now it hasn't come back. But, uh, you know, 
there's something to be said for that. And it's not just running. I know some people really don't like it. It could be biking, cycling, whether inside or out. It doesn't even totally matter. I would, I would prefer out for me. And I think there are a lot of benefits for that. But w- whatever way you can get it in, if you're working up a sweat, you're doing good things for your body. And so if, if you've been, to get back to that earlier question or concept about the CrossFitter who would kind of gain fat by not exercising as much in the wintertime, yeah, if you have less muscle than you did beforehand, if your body is not as used to sweating it out and kind of getting into that high heart rate zone where you're really challenging yourself, then you'll probably gain a bit of fat if all other things are equal. Like if, if I am doing burpees, for example, high intensity workouts, that's one of the things that, that I stopped doing at least once a week, those sprints, that wild workout, the high intensity exercise when we came up here to 8,000 feet in Colorado. And when I cut that out, I slowly did. I was wondering if I would gain fat, right? I was wondering like how much exercise exactly I, do I need to do in order to maintain the physique that I want and, and maintain my energy and that sort of thing. So the sprints was the one thing that I didn't mention. It's like there's the fun run that's more endurance and detox, but then the sprints are the opposite side of that. That's when you're um, going for the hills and sprinting as hard as you can. And that's when hills are your friend because it's actually lower impact. So hill sprints are, are a, just fantastic exercise for anyone who can manage them because uh sprints as mark sisson says will cut you up faster than almost anything else and and so anyway adding sprints back in in one form or another it doesn't have to be specifically sprints it can be burpees or that sort of thing uh is is such a great way to get your strength back your speed back and if you're having you know trouble with your body composition if you're putting on more fat than you'd intended then it's definitely a great way to get that back. So let's end with kind of an easy one here. This one is from Erica and she says, can I use unsweetened almond milk, cashew milk, or coconut milk instead of full fat unsweetened coconut milk? Okay, so there are no 100% yeses or nos here, but it depends on what your goals are. Unsweetened coconut milk out of almond milk, cashew milk, and just coconut milk. Um, Unsweetened coconut milk is going to be your best option out of those. If you're talking about using in in recipes, unsweetened coconut milk with that fat is going to be a fundamentally different thing than like the almond milk, cashew milk, coconut milk that you talked about. And it's really confusing. It doesn't make sense. None of them are milks. (laughs) They're all made with a whole bunch of nonsense that is mostly, you know, not almonds or mostly not cashews. And Cashew milk, I would say absolutely no to that one. Too many lectins. It's basically the the stuff that you don't want from the cashews, which are which are problematic anyway and, and probably should be avoided. Coconut milk, if you're talking about the kind that you drink that's supposed to be like milk, not the fatty kind that comes in the can, then I would say it's probably okay. But look at the ingredients. I'm sure there's nonsense in it. It's not, it's not great, but you can make your own using the full fat unsweetened coconut milk yourself. And that's actually pretty easy. But in recipes, no, the almond milk, cashew milk, uh, coconut milk, and all those other kind of like vegan, non-dairy milks or whatever, won't work the same as the canned full fat coconut will. And, And just try a little bit of that like full fat 
coconut is i mean there's no going back to those wimpy you know fat-free disgusting non-dairy milks oh god i had someone i thought they were healthy many years ago and good gracious no thank you but anyway all of you who joined in for the live stream i really appreciate it and if you do have any questions for me don't be shy i'll be doing a lot more of these ask me anything q a's uh, on various platforms and you can, uh, the best way to get in touch is always going to be to go to uh, either abeljames.com or fatburningman.com and then type in your best email address for the newsletter. And uh, I'll send you an email. And if you reply to that, able at fatburningman.com, you can just email that directly. If you reply to that, uh, I can't respond to every single one, but I do read them all. And I love hearing from you. In fact, uh, I'm really excited because a few listeners, especially musicians, a lot of musicians have been getting in touch recently for, I think, obvious reasons. But um, we're going to have a few listeners who have had great results on the show to talk about. You know, they're not in the in the health world professionally or anything like that, but they're going to talk about just kind of like listening um, to this show, talk about what worked, what didn't work. I'm really excited about that. Also, today and uh in the weeks past, I've been stockpiling a whole bunch of new episodes for the podcast that you're going to dig. And we have more virtual reality music videos coming out, more virtual reality uh, adventure tours of the outdoors coming out on ablejames.com. And this summer, it's already done, got some quotes coming in for it right now, but I'll be releasing uh my new book about designer babies and it's a book of satire and poetry and uh other mostly silliness but a little bit seriousness too definitely gonna ruffle some feathers but it'll be uh and i don't want to spoil it but it's going to involve designer babies and why uh they might not save us so suffice it to say stay tuned for that it's going to be really fun uh in the next few months there are a lot of surprises coming up. So make sure you sign up for the newsletter at fatburningman.com. And then uh, wherever you might be watching this, make sure to follow me uh, at fatburningman.com. Sign up for the podcast, leave a review if you can. Uh, Also check out the YouTube channel. They can actually do 360 VR on there. So find Fat Burning Man or Abel James on YouTube, subscribe. Uh, you can subscribe on on Facebook. Hopefully, we'll have some more stuff coming out on Instagram as well. There's an endless amount of platforms that I could keep rambling about, but mostly I'm just pr- procrastinating before my next interview. So thanks for indulging me, and uh, I look forward to hearing from you all soon. Thanks again. This episode is brought to you by listeners like you and Future Greens. You may know that I'm not a big fan of most supplements, It's hard to know if you're getting what you paid for. And even worse, many supplements, juices, powders, and greens we've tried taste terrible. For example, have you ever noticed that most powdered vegetable mixes taste like fish tank? Don't even mention fish oil supplements. Once you've had fish burps, it's hard to trust that brand again. So that's why Allison and I have spent the last three plus years creating wild superfoods. And it's our goal to give you the very best nutrition the world has to offer. Now you can get the concentrated nutrition of 15 organic fruits and vegetables plus six other superfoods in one extremely convenient ready-to-go package. We call it Future Greens. And if you're looking to improve your health, performance, and well-being by doubling your intake of fruits and veggies without the sugar and carbs, you're going to love it. With Future Greens, 
you can whip up your daily green drink in less than 30 seconds, no matter where you are. The certified organic stevia gives it a subtle sweetness and it tastes great in water or juice, and we think it even makes our green smoothies taste a whole lot better. It's made with certified organic, non-GMO fruits and vegetables to aid in detoxification, balance your body's pH, and give you a boost of clean energy without sugar, caffeine, or the dreaded crash. No junk or artificial sweeteners, and just one gram of sugar per serving. With the tasty wild berry flavor, you and your kids won't even realize you're eating broccoli and 20-plus powerhouse fruits, veggies, and adaptogens. So if you want to try our brand new creation from Wild Superfoods called Future Greens, we have even better news for you. As a listener of Fat-Burning Man, and it's proof that you are because you're listening right now, you can actually get a 20% discount to try Future Greens yourself. Just visit fatburningman.com forward slash greens to get 20% off when you select subscribe and save. Once again, just visit fatburningman.com slash greens to check out Future Greens and get your special listener deal. We'll see you there. Well, hey there, listener. This is Abel one more time, and I just want to say thank you for listening to this episode of the Fat Burning Man Show. If you liked it, don't forget to hit that subscribe button wherever you might be listening to or watching this show right now. And if you have a second, please leave me a quick review for the Fat Burning Man Show. I read every single one of them, and every time you leave a review, it gives us a little boost in the rankings, and that helps other people find this show. And if you can think of someone else who might enjoy and benefit from this free show, please take a second to share it with a friend or a family member. And if they're like, what is this Fat Burning Man thing? That's a really silly name. You could be like, you're right, but here's the deal. We've recorded over 250 episodes of the Fat Burning Man Show with thought leaders in health from all over the world. And so far, we've won four awards, hitting number one in health in more than eight countries internationally. We have more than 30 million downloads already, but we're just getting started. I can't believe any of this, by the way, and couldn't do any of this without you. So thanks once again. But here's some more good news. You can download and listen to every single episode of the Fat Burning Man Show for free with zero outside advertisements, no outside sponsors, and no corporate overlords. All you have to do is type in fatburningman.com. We'll give you a, a second here just to type it in. And you'll get all the show notes, transcripts, and video and audio versions for all the past episodes of the Fat Burning Man Show for free. Better yet, Enter your email at fatburningman.com, sign up for my newsletter, and I'll even send you a quick start guide so you can take your health into your own hands right now, along with a few of our ridiculously tasty recipes as a special thanks for signing up. Once again, just go to fatburningman.com right now, enter your best email to get your free goodies with a bonus surprise straight to your inbox. This is Abel James signing off. Thank you so much for listening once again and have a great week.